Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? Doing good, LJ. Very busy today. This week with schoolwork has been uh, just crazy, but uh, nice to be able to sit down for a half hour here and chat about some baseball i also had the pleasure on going on f in sports this morning uh language (laughs) yes uh (laughs) and i had the pleasure to talk with parker ainsworth uh regarding the some world series futures odds go ahead and check that out now that's f in sports uh check it out we had a great time talking for about a half an hour there but uh LJ, we have a, a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say controversial, but very polarizing topics today. Uh, MLB Twitter is in full effect. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, and let's start with something that just happened. We're recording this at around 4.30 on Wednesday, and we just got done watching Dodgers and Twins. Clayton Kershaw takes a perfect game through the seventh inning uh and then gets pulled by dave roberts uh 80 pitches i believe he was at uh lj i want to hear your thoughts on this first as clayton kershaw did agree um with the decision to get taken out uh i just want to hear your thoughts yeah i love it um i mean of course first off the best indicator is the fact that kershaw agreed the fact that Kershaw agreed really should stop all of the controversy about this, you know, like now that he is fully backing the decision of his manager, that should say enough for this group. But overall, I just think it's the smarter idea for two reasons past that. Number one, you still have the opportunity for a combined perfect game. That's still something special. And at 80 pitches, there was no way he was making it two two more full innings. Perfect. So you have a semi-sharp, or I can't say semi-sharp. He did just almost throw a perfect game. But only his but first start of the year. First start of the year and 80 pitches through those seven innings that wasn't like the most efficient he could have done. It's better off to turn it over to the rest of the team, and it's a great morale boost. Honestly, I think 
combined no hitters and combined perfect games significantly increase the team morale far more than any individual no hitters individual perfect games do because it's again more of a group effort there's more guys involved and affected by this when you have multiple participants the other thing to consider is overall the health of going into these perfect games early on in the season i mean i don't want to like overly overly state this and i'm kind of this is a little speculative i don't have the statistics or anything to prove this but in my mind i can remember very few of the guys that threw no hitters that either had healthy seasons or finished the season strong. I mean, Spencer Turnbull went down, Corey Kluber went down, Joe Musgrove kind of faded into the background very in the second half of the season. So I just think overall having going deep in games takes a lot out of you. And when you have to do that early on, that's just going to make the rest of your season even tougher. Also excuse the flyover that's been happening over LaSalle University we're pretty sure they're doing some sort something for the marathon route. It's obscenely close to the buildings. I'm not really sure why they're flying that low. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully <laughs> everything is good over there and in, in uh, just outside of Boston, LJ. But yeah, I agree with you. Look, um, the only thing is like it, it is a perfect game, and we haven't seen one in ten years. But he's at eighty pitches already. We already see teams pulling pitchers with like 65 or 70 pitches to get through the seventh inning with 80 pitches that's pretty much as deep as we've seen any pitcher go this year to begin with uh so I agree with the choice to take him out uh you know a combined perfect game would have been incredible as we've never had one before uh there's only been combined no hitters and to your point the only pitcher I can think of who really had a great season after throwing a no-hitter was Corbin Burns, and that was a combined no-hitter, and that was also late in the season at that point, uh, and he exactly. went eight innings. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if there's actually a strong a correlation between those two things, but it's certainly interesting, um, but definitely uh, a great performance by a Kershaw today, if that could take one thing out of it. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is still Clayton Kershaw. Yes, and very much, again, in the National League, you need to set yourself apart. If you're going to be a Cy Young contender, you have to set yourself apart early, or else you're probably not going to gain enough ground on the rest of the group to really be considered among that pack. They're just too good, and this is a statement start for Clayton Kershaw. Very early, it it falls right into, barely into, but right into our categories uh, in terms of great starts and uh, – getting shelled. I forgot what we called that exactly, but yeah, this is a perfect start for him. And one more uh, thought on this game, this seven, nothing win for the Dodgers today, the mental aspect of going into that eighth inning up six, nothing, because I think that really does affect first off you, anytime you're scoring runs is a lot longer layoff than when you're not scoring runs for a pitcher that throws off rhythm, but from a mental capacity, like mentality standpoint, it's very hard to keep that edge up when you're not in a safe situation. You see it time and time again with any pitcher where they'll hold on to a two run lead for the majority of their start. And then all of a sudden the team scores a crooked number. They get three or four up on the board and they forget how to pitch because they, they feel like they're a little more comfortable. They can relax a little bit when they really can't. And so 
it's very hard to keep that energy up even during a perfect game when you're up six nothing instead of three nothing. It's a great point. Uh, absolutely. Well, the second controversy that we have to talk about is this Giants Padres game last night. So. Basically, the Padres did their best impression of, of the Rays on Monday. Uh, Speaking of the Rays, who barely won. This is now a Rays-hate podcast. I love it. Uh, barely won. Bums. LJ and I are sick of the Rays uh, as AL East fans. But they do their best impression of the Rays, and they uh, lose 13-2 to last night to the Giants, but the big story out of this, Giants put up 10 in the first two innings. We have some strange stuff going on here. We have Mauricio Dubon bunting for a single when they were up by nine. We have Steven Duggar stealing a base uh, and, you know, unwritten rules of baseball. Certainly not something uh, that you do in that situation um but someone made a great point and they said so if you can't hit a grand slam when you're up by that much because Yerman Mercedes and Fernando Tatis both got both get in trouble for hitting home runs and you can't bunt in that situation to get a hit then what what are you allowed to do uh, is there i've always been against the whole uh you know, respect the other team and all that. I understand the bunting thing and the stolen bases thing, but LJ, remember, they got rid of all the tiebreakers uh, for this year, and it just comes down to your run a differential. This is something that actually matters, how much you're winning by now. Uh, and I know that a win is a win, but the run differential is something that is super important this year. And I just don't know, like, why we protect the pitchers so much. Like, do, like you're not allowed to score off of them when, when you're up by a lot. That always seemed pretty trivial to me. Yeah, certain things, again, there's got to, there's a balance here that we can find. There's a balance where all of this can, like, again, remain respectful, but also do the right thing for your team and not make illogical mistakes. I'm still not sure how I feel about swinging on 3-0 when you're up a million because at that point most of the time when you're up 3-0 and up that much whatever pitcher they have out there is not finding the zone very often and it almost feels cruel because you're going to get on base no matter what in those situations like in the Tati situation in the Mercedes situation you're going to get on base so it's not that big a thing but this is just Mauricio Dubon this is just there's no other way to say it but just an a hole move on his part to bunt. I don't, I like bunting. I think it's fun, but I think you're always going to look at it and say, that's a cheap hit. The nine times out of 10, somebody's going to say that is a really cheap way to get on base. It's the exact same thing here when you're up a bunch as it is when you're in a no hitter. You do not bunt when you're getting no hit. Like that's not how you decided to get on base. Those are the types of things that you get plunked for. And frankly, I mean, I would blame them for throwing at him tonight because that was just, that was too much. It went too far, extended way past the normal bounds of what they even needed to 
score on offense that night. They didn't need him to bunt to get on base. He could have probably gotten on base all on his own without the bunt. He could have hit a double off the wall and it would have been fine. Yep. And he probably could have is the thing. Like playing the percentages with how things were going, it wasn't necessary. The bunt was not the most likely path to success. Well, Elder, would you like to walk us through the other controversy that comes out of the Giants Padres game? Yeah, let's talk about the um, most ridiculous stolen base in the history of stolen bases, shall we? Um, really, I mean, again, there's not much to talk about here. He stole a base. Why are you stealing a base when you're up? What was it? Seven at that point? Five at that? No, it was seven. It was it was up a lot. It was early, but it was up a lot. And it's like I know that. I know Gabe Kapler's strategy is I'm not going to let my foot off the gas until the very end of the game. It's all about winning and it's about making sure you win. But that just, again, extends way too far. And this is going to end up turning into a season long thing just because he didn't know how to say when. And then we have Padres manager, Mike Schilt yelling across the field at, Giants first base coach Antoine Richardson uh, using some choice words, calling him an MF. And it's, you know, Antoine Richardson, who is an African-American, did think that this might have been said in a racial context. Uh, I just think that they it was just a heated heated moment. There was already a lot going on between the two teams last night. Richardson gets ejected, and um, what is the girl's name who did come in to... Uh, oh, that is... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting. I literally texted you about her earlier. Um, hold on. I Alyssa Nacken. Thank you. She becomes the first ever female to be an on-field coach uh, in the MLB. Super cool moment that that happens. Awesome. Uh Love it. Uh, you know, the Yankees have Rachel Balkovic managing their single-A team. And um, it, I I think it's great um, that she was able to be on the field coaching first base, just, you know, not in the circumstances that it happened. But great for her, certainly great for the game of baseball, and we love to see the diversity uh, getting more and more uh involved within the MLB I think that it's great for the league that we see that and that the Giants are not afraid to have a coach like her on the roster um because I'm sure she has some excellent insight that she gives the players every day so oh, absolutely and again this is a very minor point of celebration I mean it's definitely more about her achievements and her getting working her way to this point it's fantastic a minor plus to this they already took her helmet to Cooperstown so Love not it. only will this be not only will this be remembered, but the San Francisco Giants Sydney Connect jerseys will go down in MLB history. That very much excites me. Brandon, these are already like we haven't gotten to see a ton of them. It's my favorite jersey in baseball. And it's not close. I you know, it they're really nice. Uh they're beautiful. Let me tell you the Kansas City Royals City Connect jerseys are beautiful. The Washington National City Connect jerseys are beautiful. Really, all oh, these I mean, I, to have them I've, are great. I've sung the praises of the Washington Nationals one time and time again. Of course, the Red Sox, Red Sox Nation has certainly taken a liking to their 
City Connect jerseys over the last, um, particularly back in September. But just the way the colors work together, the particular like shading of the orange in this one, and then the, just the symbolism worked so well of trying to bring in the fog to the whole Golden Gate Bridge thing is fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see another jersey that tops that right now. I mean, Miami has come close as well, but it's it's just not there for me. Well, but, let's um, back to the actually. I'm sorry, one more thing. Um, the Antoine Richardson situation again. There, there's been more talked about about the racially charged section and more and not enough. I think about what was like fully going on at the time. Like most people aren't giving the context to this buildup. I haven't at least found it. Granted, I, I was I've been very busy since I saw this story, and haven't necessarily gotten the time to fully look for the context. And I'm certainly glad that they met and they made up this morning as well. Was really fantastic to see but it takes more than just saying excuse me walking up the, to the top of the steps and saying excuse me for an umpire to throw a guy out you know yeah and so i can't imagine that from mike schultz perspective everything came out of nowhere in terms of whatever was going on on the field so it's just more more proof of it being a very heated situation on both sides when it really shouldn't have been all that heated for the giants you're you're in a, you're in the driver's seat. You should be you should feel plenty fine about your massive massive lead that you had at that point in time. Well, let's talk about uh, a good story that actually comes out of the Padres uh, camp. Their top prospect, or one of their top prospects, is C.J. Abrams was their top prospect, but Mackenzie Gore, a uh, pitcher for the Padres, is now on the roster. Uh, I believe they said he's is he gonna pitch Friday uh, or? I'm checking on that now. The usual site I use to pull up the rosters is not loading, um, but it, it, seeing we use the same one, then we are not going to be in very good luck, are we? Um, How, however, on. though, keep going, stall. Mackenzie Gore. Um, look. LJ and I talked about how strong the prospect class is that is already in the major leagues to start this year. And it just got stronger because Mackenzie Gore is a guy that we've been uh, really trying to see come up in the bigs for a long time. We talked about how the Padres have just immense pitching depth. Blake Snell goes down. Uh, I believe he's going to be going to the IL, and that's what forces them to call up Mackenzie Gore. But um, great... so, no, so nothing is official yet. Okay, but I have I have the lead on this. Um, so the Padres were hoping to have Blake Snell throw his bullpen yesterday, and you know, kind of get a feel for where this abductor strain is and how if he was going to be able to be back for the start on Friday. I believe would be his next start, and he didn't throw that yesterday. So, of course, it should be probably assumed that a 10-day IL stint probably will happen, and it'll probably be announced today at some point. Also, Mackenzie Gore did throw his bullpen yesterday in the same time frame on, in AAA as Blake Snell did. So those two spots are lined up. It would make natural sense. It's, again, perfect fit for him to get into uh, the lineup and slot right in for the Friday start. 
Yeah, and he's not formally added to the roster until probably tomorrow or Friday, but he is on the taxi squad and did travel with the team to San Francisco. Uh, so that's why everyone is just assuming that he will get called up uh, and pitch. Also, they said they added a locker for him in the locker room, which is very cool, but just another addition to this very strong prospect class that we have. So, uh, very excited to see him potentially pitching this weekend. But uh, let's keep moving here. We wanted to talk about Jesus Lazardo, who pitched last night for the Miami Marlins and had himself quite the outing. Uh, even though the Marlins do lose, he goes five innings, allowing two hits, one earned run, and 12 strikeouts. 76 pitches in 12 strikeouts. That's that's pretty impressive, even though it was through five innings. Uh, he struck out every single batter in the Angels lineup except for Mike Trout. I believe he struck out Otani twice. Uh, and Otani's kind of having a rough start to the year. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. But um, overall, looked really good. And uh, LJ, it just makes you question even more what the hell was Oakland doing letting this guy go for half a season of Starling Marte? Yeah, again, meanwhile, he's not, again, not even on the team. Like, how much value did you lose? It's a drastic one, and it's a drastic change. If you thought there was even a chance that you were going to blow up the team this offseason, you can't ship off a guy with still plenty of years of service time left for you for a ready MLB player right now, a contract year rental. Like that just makes no sense. This was clearly a spur of the moment decision either during the lockout or right before the lockout that they were going to tear things down. And it just completely, it's, it screwed things up. I don't know why they thought that Starling Marte was the difference maker that would have put them in the playoffs. Like he's a great player, but like if you're on, let me ask you this, Brandon. If you're on the precipice of blowing it up or making the playoffs, why would one even all-star make that difference? No player in baseball is that valuable. And the funny thing is, is that Starling Marte probably performed to his max ability, the max stats that he could put up when he was with Oakland. I mean, mm -hmm. the dude had a 130 OPS plus in the 56 games he's there. St steals 25 bases. Uh, it, it, it just, it baffles Struck me. Struck out last two. Yeah, it just baffles me uh, every, every day um, that I see Jesus Lazardo pitch. Uh, I mean, two war over 56 games is really, really good. So I, I don't know what exactly they were trying to accomplish there. But nice start from Lazardo, and hopefully that Marlins pitching staff, uh, if it ever reaches its full potential uh it's gonna be super scary oh my gosh it, it's very it's very scary and it's very exciting i mean the only other place i can think of comfortably is we want to go to detroit is there another team that has the potential superstars that they're going to be throwing into the rotation in the next couple of years that go as deep as this team is no like this is a lot of young pitching talent that is performing up to that pitching potential. If Sixto Sanchez ends up coming up and panning out, good luck. Edward Cabrera, too. Just so yeah. many names there that, you know, it. they could be in a situation that the Padres are in right now where they just have too much starting pitching. 
in the future. But we want to talk about a funny moment that did happen in the Braves we are not, game. We are not talking about quality starting pitching here, if you aren't going to be able to tell in a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the Braves and Nationals play last night, and um, Atlanta... LJ, let me know if this uh, is good for your offense to score three runs in the second, three runs in the third, four runs in the fourth, one run in the fifth, and two runs in the sixth. That's okay. <laughs> they end up winning 16-4. to Atlanta's offense collects 19 hits. Uh, just an absolute uh, great outing from them. LJ was... One start uh, too early on the Patrick Corbin blow-up start as it was last night. Two and two-thirds. You act like his first start was anything magical. And he got my beaten streak up to one on opening day, so I can't complain. (laughs) Well, two and two-thirds, nine hits, six earned is certainly not... Brutal. That's certainly not magical either. Um, But very funny moment comes out of this game. The Marlin, or excuse me, the Nationals uh, bring in D. Strange Gordon to pitch the ninth inning, and he absolutely drills Travis Darno with a 54 mile an hour heater. And LJ, this was a scary scene. <laughs> scary. He darn near killed him. Look at the way his. If if you get a chance to watch the video, um, I definitely retweeted it from the MLB Daily account at some point. You just have to watch the way his body crumples to the ground. It's very scary. We're lucky he's uh, he's alive, honestly. <laughs> you know, I thought that Francisco Lindor getting hit on the C flap of his helmet was was bad. Uh, this was this was pretty bad. Uh, Fifty four miles an hour to to the shoulder is certainly not uh, something that you see every day. Uh, very funny yeah. moment, though. <laughs> And to kind of make a broader point out of this, um, actually, I've got two two points because we never talked about the whole D. Strange Gordon thing. I don't know how that slipped through the cracks on us. I just realized. But this kind of backs up my point on why I'm okay with intentional uh, hit by pitches in the right context if a t- guy actually deserves it. Because there's plenty of ways, like, Brandon, you say, like, you don't want guys to get hurt. You're asking for trouble by doing this. First off, there's enough personal accountability for get getting hit and having guys having guys on your team get hit that takes out a lot of the stupid ones but also if you're doing it right if you're a respectful person like if you're doing this respectfully if you're doing it the right way you're throwing maybe like your worst fastball at the guy's hip that's not hurting anyone like 70 miles an hour 80 miles an hour to the hip or to the thigh isn't going to break bones it's about making a point usually yeah. it's not it's not actually about trying to hurt the guy or it's actually throwing, trying to hit it's him not it's not throwing 95 at the shoulder it's not throwing up by the head it's go to the body go to a fleshy part and get take a little off it is really what it's about yeah uh absolutely and you should just bring in d, d, d strange gordon every single time you need to intentionally hit by pitch a guy now lj i gotta ask better outing Brett Phillips or D. Strange Gordon? Oh, it's Brett Phillips by a mile. Again, this guy's still the gold glove front runner. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, also, Ozzy Albies 
uh, absolutely crushed a home run off of D. Strange Gordon. I will never not love hitting home runs off of position players. Uh, there's just something about it that is. There's is just so something great. about it because the ball comes off the bat so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but should we stick with the Nats here um, and talk about how their ownership group is talking about potentially they want to explore the possibility of selling the team. Um, this could be a franchise-altering moment. We saw with the Mets how much selling the team really did change them. Uh, LJ, the Lerner family, they purchased the Nationals, which were formerly the Expos, uh, for $450 million back in 2006. Forbes recently estimated that the franchise is worth $2 billion. So about a $1.5 billion uh, return on your investment there. Um, it's Chunk pretty change. good. And <laughs> the thing, and I, I understand this, um, the longtime control person of the Nationals was Ted Lerner. He, he's now 96 years old. He gave um, control of the franchise to his son back in 2018. Um, and the younger son... His Mark Lerner, he was adamant that they were not going to sell this team or not going to sell the team. They were going to keep it in the family. Clearly, that mentality has shifted. And, you know, maybe this was something that they've had planned, especially with the way that they tear down the team uh, after, you know, last summer's fire fire sale. Scherzer, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Brad Hand, John Lester. Those are all the guys off the top of my head that I can think of that all got shipped away um and sure they did reinvest some of that money into the team this year getting nelson cruz um but i feel like that those moves were made to kind of keep the fans somewhat happy show that they do care but uh we can they do but it's just like sorry to cut you off there you're good it's one of those things where yes it's about making the fans happy but it's also like it just just because they're not spending money doesn't mean they don't care you cannot buy your way through your problems anymore in the major league baseball. The majority of your team has to come from within. It has to come with smart contracts and that takes a long time to build. So if they didn't have that, there's no amount of money that they could have spent this off season to make this team a contender, not with the Braves, not with the Mets, not with the Phillies. So overall that is what it is. But my question, I guess, to pose to you is what exactly are they selling? Like, yes, you're selling a professional baseball team, brings a lot of money but it's certainly not the best opportunity out there right now i mean you think about it i don't know of any right now but i feel like there's always a basketball team that has uh shares go up in the market we've already had one recent uh sale of a hockey team you still have the chelsea bids going on so there's a lot of other high profile franchises that you could get and you'd have to put a lot less capital in to make them successful. I look at this team right now and I see very few concrete assets that you're going to have long-term. You still don't have Soto extended. You still don't have Bell extended. Um, who am I forgetting? That's pretty much it. Um, That's pretty much it. But like, again, you've got, you've got two pieces that are worth extending right now. You traded yes. Trey Turner so you didn't have to extend him. But LJ, also, I feel that a lot of the sale price of the team has to do with how much money is already on the books for the future. Um, And 
you know, if you did sign Soto to that huge extension, I feel like people would be, you know, less people would not want to pay as much knowing that they're going to have to fork out that money over the next few years. So um, all I'm going to say to that is this. The vast majority of the time, the trend in sports ownership is fans with lots of money coming in and buying their favorite teams is very much the thing. Yeah. It's the Steve Cohen effect or it's like, it's people who care about sports and want to buy it because it's sports, not because it's a business because the majority of these business groups are the ones that are going out and they're selling right now because times have been so tough and they don't want to spend the money to keep up a competitive roster. And then that becomes a PR nightmare and makes things worse. So they're better off just getting out of it. Meanwhile, you have people like Steve Cohen, people like um, the Celtics co-owner that's um, making the bid for Chelsea. I'm blanking on the name of the guy, but his like main quote as they go into the final rounds of bidding very soon is, I want to make this team a habitual winner. You have people like the Henry, Henry group that's Fenway Sports Group, excuse me, that has gone out and bought multiple franchises and turned them all into winners because they're willing to spend and commit like that. So at the end of the day, that's kind of what people are looking for right now. And with so many professional sports and so many sports on the rise, you think about how much like how much MLS is rising in popularity. Soccer in the U.S. is rising. Um, Formula One's rising. There's plenty of other investment opportunities where you can get that success and you can get that success more immediately without investing as much capital than you would with this team in the capital. Absolutely. Well, I'm afraid that we are out of time for today. Um, We are going to be... We have a normal show for tomorrow, and then tomorrow night we'll be recording with Kevin Wilson talking about fantasy baseball, daily fantasy baseball, and just overall his takes on the league. He's another belly-up sports guy, uh, absolutely fantastic baseball knowledge. We can't wait to have him on the show. We'll be recording that Thursday night, and that will be Friday's episode for the podcast. Uh, But until then, I believe that's it for today, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner when shopify says you can sell anywhere oh they mean it hold up just got a new sale order fulfilled and shipped inventory levels good whoa shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level or on top of the world Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere climbing mountains is never easy but at least shopify gives me all the tools i need for my business to hit new beats whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops start selling with shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide we've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights with shopify you really can sell to anyone from anywhere 
This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.